Welcome to Anthropology of Girlhood, a girlhood podcast about plain oatmeal. I'm Alexa Ray Hack. I'm a comedian and storyteller, and I use she, her pronouns. My name is Micah Silver, and I'm a child care provider, and I use they, them pronouns. Today, we are continuing on our John Hughes series. We're talking about 1986's Pretty in Pink. Don't watch this movie. Please don't. It's so... It's, it's so boring. It's not bad. It's just a nothing burger. It's like a lettuce wrap stuffed with lettuce. <laughs> That's a great analogy. <laughs> this is the lettuce of movies. <laughs> you can eat all of it that you want and you will never feel full. No. But basically, if you've never seen Pretty in Pink, the plot is pretty loose, but our main character, Andy, played by Molly Ringwald, just kind of starts dating a guy who is from a different social class and um, things are weird. Yeah, you can follow us on Twitter at Anthro267. You can subscribe to our Patreon and catch our latest bonus episode on Lords of Dogtown, our last Catherine Hardwick movie. You can find us at patreon.com slash Anthro267. Upcoming Patreon movies also include things like Dennis the Menace, Weird Science, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So if you want to hear us talk about any of those movies, Gotta subscribe to the Patreon. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And as always, thank you and enjoy. I would kill to be able to lay on a cot in the middle of the day and have someone rub my back until I fell asleep. (laughs) That's a dream. Right? Like... I, hell, some of my kids ask me to hold them. I would love that. <laughs> Let me just curl up into someone that makes me feel safe and fall asleep in the middle of the day. Yeah. For a solid hour I, and a I, half. I really think we all should have a nap time. We should. I read, I've actually read a bunch of studies about how, like, human brains, like, our natural circadian rhythm is to sleep for, like, half an hour to an hour roughly eight to ten hours after you get up in the morning so when you think about the fact that like if you get up at six you know to get to your eight o'clock job then you have lunch at twelve thirty. that after lunch sleepy feeling you have that's not lunch that's just your body telling you like this is the time of day where we need to just chill for a bit have some z's We'll come back ready to crush the evening. Bring back nap time 2022. Yeah. <laughs> Man, my, uh, yeah, my political platform would be tricky to get um, <laughs> on a poster or in a, in a sound bite, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just. It's like. I will bring back nap time. I do. <laughs> right. Voter reform, publicly funded elections. Better public transit. UBI, public transit. Middle bring of the day back nap. nap time. Shorter work week in order to accommodate nap time. Or honestly, like we all should just work shorter days and that's when we should go home. Yeah. We should just go home at like 2, 3 in the afternoon and just have, have ourselves a nap. And have an evening. And then we can have a whole ass evening. I got a verbal warning for calling out of work on Friday because I've called out five times since I started this job in April. 
and that's not including COVID. Right. Uh, and all of them have been like, I've lied that I've been sick and cause they've all, been, all been like mental, mental health, health stuff. stuff. And yeah, I, I couldn't leave my apartment last week. Yeah. It's so tricky to talk about mental health stuff without getting either one of two reactions, which is the like, you're lying. I don't believe mental health like is right. a real thing. You're just lazy thing which is hurtful and ableist or my least favorite thing in the world which is the like puppy dog eyes poor you aren't you strong conversation which just makes me want to kill myself more (laughs) and like which is like that's why i don't tell people i net like i will tell people that i am mentally ill that i'm bipolar that i'm depressed i never will tell people about I mean well fucking podcast and podcast is different and on stage and stuff but like in my life I don't talk about my suicidal ideation really um and not in an honest way no. that like portrays the the like I also like intensity of the situation. Having that conversation also has to make me remind, like involves me reminding them that I'm trans and being like, you don't understand the kind of messaging and the kind of pressure I'm under as a trans educator. Right. Like, especially like right now, especially in right now, like, and like, I've already been called out on the internet and being told, you know, like right wing TikTok right, found me and people call you a groomer. Right. Or whatever. And like, you know, I don't like there's a parent who looks at like who I got some looks from parents today because I was wearing a dress. Yeah. And like the extra pressure that puts on me to be good at my job. Right. And to be like perfect all the time. time. Right. And like, how much more careful I look at my actions with my kids and how much more like I like and like how much more pressure that adds to me leaving the house and getting dressed every day and like the calculation of risk I make by taking the bus or if I have to can afford to take an Uber and like I work for some stupid reason my school is in the middle of a frat row yeah so like I such a bad place for such a, a bad place so that's a whole nother cl- like group of people I have to worry about right and like I have to have the ability to put on my fuck off don't deal with me face yeah before Which I even get to work it's exhausting it takes real energy to yeah. do that and I don't like to be pitied. Yeah. I don't like to be pitied and I don't want to be told how strong and I don't want to remind people of how much I have to fight for my existence. Yeah. But also I'm fucking exhausted. Right. Yeah. I don't know how you, uh, it's difficult to be a trans person in uh, June of 2022 and feel okay. Yeah. When like, they're actively trying to kill us. There's like an active genocide happening of our people. We're like, yeah. And I don't know how to explain people to people like 
how much I chose my happiness over my safety. Right. But like also trans mask people, there is a double edged sword, right? In that testosterone changes are permanent. Right. Right. Yeah. So like unlike estrogen, which you can go off and not total, like kind of go back like you're stuck where you are with testosterone. Yeah. However, you're not who Republicans are worried about. You're not who they're looking for. That's true. The only idea that the popular culture and in particular like white supremacy has of trans people is trans women. Yeah. Because the only people they conceive of as people are people they view as men. Right. Right. Everything else is furniture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why like people like I'm people I'm sure in your TikToks all the time will be like, you'll always be a man. Yeah. Everyone reads me as trans femme, <laughs> which is like because that's trans femme is the all is what they think trans is. Right. They, I, I think truly a lot of the popular culture, like if you were to ask the average American truly does not know that transmasculine people exist. I think they think that there are trans femmes who become women in big fucked off quotes. Um, And then there are non-binary people who are inevitably all assigned female at birth. I think if you were to ask the average American, that's those are the two categories of trans people they would give you because trans men, are a myth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It that's a mood. Pride has been weird this month. Yeah, it's been a tough it's been tough to celebrate Pride when there's like, you know, people making videos about how they're actively going hunting for us. Yeah. And big trucks of white supremacists are getting arrested outside like pride parades. Like, it doesn't make me want to celebrate. It want, makes me want to, like, put on my fucking ski mask. Yeah. Yeah, Where where's our original riot? I want That's the pride I want. Yeah. Like, I feel like that I'm just, is why I'm having trouble with pride stuff this year is, like, I do not feel like celebrating. I don't feel like partying. There, we're actively in danger. People are hunting us. The, our politicians are trying to detransition and delegitimize us and make our existence literally criminal like there's a genocide on i don't have fucking time to put glitter on my cheekbones yeah i'm running for my life yeah i don't know (sighs) that's not to call you out if you are enjoying pride we all cope in different ways i am just not capable of coping in that way. Valid. That is super valid. This movie contains our least favorite, perhaps, character of all time, which is the gross dude who doesn't know how to take no for an answer, and it's played as a joke. Oh, Ducky. Oh, Ducky. I think Ducky, I mean, you hadn't seen this movie before. No, I haven't. This is one I hadn't seen. So me neither. And, like, this is 1986. Ducky might be one of the original, like, 
can't take no, like, won't take no for an answer. Yeah, Ducky's definitely one of the original nice guys. Nice guys. Yeah, yeah, okay. nice guy. That's the... Before we completely rip Ducky apart, he does have one thing going for him. He looks like every non-binary person now. Lesbian fashion icon. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, my first note about Ducky is like... Is he supposed to be like a dork because like every lesbian and non-binary person I know would wear every single one of these outfits? I love every one of his outfits. I would wear a lot of those outfits. They're amazing. The I love the sunglasses. The- <laughs> I love the sunglasses. I love sunglasses. <laughs> like just the classic, like if he had been a stoner, he would have been so much cooler. Yeah. Just needed to chill the fuck out. Right. Yeah, it's really um I also had the hardest time with with this because for the longest time I just read him as like a gay best friend. I thought he was too. Like I <laughs> going into this movie, I had always assumed that Ducky was a gay best friend. Yeah. Just because of the vibe I had gotten off on the few clips that I'd and seen him. He doesn't not read as gay. That opening scene with him is so gay. And at first, I think probably for Know, 30 maybe 40 minutes in this movie i thought that the like asking her out thing was a bit that makes sense i thought it was like a, their little in joke you know it's like haha i'm gay but i'm like pretending to not be gay so i'm gonna hit on you my best friend all the time like i'm not obviously gay Look, as an ex-lesbian my with my gay best friend we would do that to each other yeah, all the time exactly like i thought it was a bit And then at some point, like, she started to get, like, really upset. And I was like, oh, this is not a bit. He's supposed to be straight. (laughs) Somebody missed the director's notes. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I don't know. Maybe. I, I don't. I don't know. It's weird. But this is John Cryer. It is John Cryer. From before Two and a Half, half Men. Men. I know him from Two and a Half Men. I know. I didn't really. He was cute when he was young. I know. <laughs> Would not have guessed. Uh, but yeah, I. God, is he annoying, though. Yeah, so annoying. Especially because I think they. I didn't, like, count or anything. But I'm pretty sure that they, like, ramp. Oh, they definitely his, do. like horniness and persistence as the movie goes on to the point where it becomes like he's high key a stalker. Oh, yeah. Like every conversation is why aren't you dating me? Oh, yeah. And then there's that thing where he calls her machine like every three minutes. Yeah. To see if she's home. And like, then, like, I would have called the cops a long time ago. And he admits to her other friend, the woman she works at the record store with, that like he drives by her house on his bike all the time. Yeah, it's fuck. He's a stalker. He's man. a stalker. If you cannot take no for an answer and you are like pursuing someone over and over and that's over a crime, again, my guy. that's stalking. It's not some creepy boy in the bush with a camera. It's your best friend who won't stop hitting on you when you say no. Right. And like waits outside of your house to try and catch you and ask you out. Goes and talks to your father when you're not around. (laughs) It's tough. We can talk about her father another time. Her father, yeah, is tricky. We'll get to that. Yeah. Yeah. Stalking is not romantic. No, and, and it's just, it's so crazy that we, it feels like 
every movie from this era, this character shows up and it's like, no wonder men have such un like have no concept of consent. Right. It's we've like romanticized. We've, we've literally romanticized ignoring women's boundaries and coercing consent. So of course men aren't going to have any idea what consent is. If I were a person and the person I liked went to a club where they knew I wouldn't be able to get in. Oh my God. I would read that as a big red fucking sign. Right. Like it that says, is. I am explicitly avoiding you. This is very clear. You do not like me. You're just going to wait for hours outside the club talking to the bouncer, waiting for her to leave. Yikes. Yikes, my dude. That's not romantic. And that's creepy. Moreover, like, I think it speaks very much to the, like, nice guy thing, which kind of turned into the incel thing of, like, when you turn your pursuit of women and in Ducky's case of a woman into a personality then you can only ever be disappointed right and rejection is always gonna hurt worse so like of course you're gonna feel bad but like that i think is like the message you know that young men need more than well as much as the consent message is that like it's way more it's way cooler to be interesting than interested yeah you know like i get that you think that i'm attractive that is clear to me i am a woman it is clear to me but you need to bring something (laughs) to the to the situation you know we said this a few weeks ago and i stand by it Get a goddamn personality. Yeah. Have interest. Women will date you if you get a personality. And more importantly, what will probably happen is as you are developing interests, you will meet other people with those interests with whom you now have a shared interest and you can date them because you will have stuff in common. I saw a TikTok that really put this like why people don't like nice guys into such a good perspective. Yeah. And like that, I definitely like didn't think about it. It's because the niceness is performative. Right. And it's all manipulation. Right. Where we don't, femmes don't like assholes. Right. They like people who are kind. Right. Go figure. And who's, Kindness is a genuine part of who they are. Right. And not just a manipulation tactic to make me think you are a good person. Right. Because like you if you are if you have to go above and beyond to prove to someone you're a nice person. Then you're not. You're not a nice person. You're faking it. You are like if you are not doing nice things out of the genuine kindness of your heart and you're doing it to get clout. You're not nice. You're you're, you're a manipulator. manipulator. Yeah. And it's gross. And no one's going to want to date you. Because we can read that shit from a mile away. Yeah, because we have to. Because men have made the world so unsafe that our only option is to treat every situation like a potential threat. Oh, my God. Because it is. It's terrifying. 
it is absolutely terrifying and i don't know why i still do it yeah it's trouble because like the eggshells i walk on when i am dating men is ridiculous yeah like and then i'm not you i'm not mean to people (laughs) but i have been your friend for nearly a decade Uh so it has definitely rubbed off on me sure and i like to tease it's a love language it's the number of men who get so butthurt oh my god a couple weeks ago i made a joke this guy was talking to this guy who was like a senior project manager on a marketing team for a food blah 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 and i was like whatever and so I, I cracked the tiniest joke because it was actually kind of a compliment. I was like, hey, if I could get a bull, if I had the skills to get a bullshit nothing job like yours, I'd do it too. Right. Right. Which is like, it is a roast, but it's also kind of a compliment. Right. Right. It's like, good for you. You have gotten to the class level where you're no longer required to do work while you're at work. Right. Congrats. Right. But he was so pissed he wrote me this big giant long message about how hurtful and dismissive i am and i was like you know what dude peace like i don't need this i don't i was talking to this guy on tinder and he made a really bad opening line (sighs) like just it was a nothing line like how am i supposed to respond to this yeah and oh he like commented about like how he liked my bio and i responded like you know thanks i wrote it like yeah you that's know nothing pick something out of my bio which he responded to as like hey that's what i say a lot too at least we have something in common we're off to a good start or something which i was like what? i legitimately was like do you think this is a good start and do you think this is a good start and he never texted me back. <laughs> okay but sometimes the thing that I have learned in my nearly a decade of doing comedy is that some situations, re most situations, it is worth it to blow up a situation in order to make a really good joke. Not just any joke. But if you if you have a real zinger, fuck them. I, <laughs> I look. I went above and beyond, and I sent a gif of like a sassy face of like I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Like playback. Yeah. Also, it was impossible. Do you know that fuzzy duck audio that's going around? <laughs> it's been in my head <laughs> the whole, whole time, time watching this movie. <laughs> it's like. Ducky fuzz. Fuzzy duck. (laughs) I just said it to myself like every time Ducky started talking. (laughs) Especially because Ducky's just so god. Okay, it's got to be like John Hughes in particular has this like awkward horny boy and seems like all of his films. Yeah, so far. At least so far what we've seen. I don't remember a lot of the other ones. Um, Feels bad. It feels bad, and it feels like a self-insert character. Yeah, I wonder if it's just like, 
um, you know, it's one of those like he's accidentally telling on himself. Yeah. Because like, it might surprise you, but like most movie writers, writers in general tend not to be like maybe the coolest people in the world. No, not at all. Um, so I don't know. I don't know shit about John Hughes, but I would bet that he was like a real Dorcas. Um, and that he is probably, you're probably right that it's probably something of a projection. And I don't wonder too, if it's one of those where he doesn't realize he's telling on himself and pointing out what a horrible person he probably is. Check the mirror friends. (laughs) So the other toxic man we have to talk about in this movie is, um, the father character, Molly Ringwald's father. God, I love when we have to parent parents. Right? Yeah. And it seems like after the mother, either, I don't remember if she She left. left. Right. It seems like he kind of just like made her into his like, uh, you know, substitute spouse. Yeah. Yeah. Which is another like really gross, terrible dynamic. Yeah. It... She's a kid. She shouldn't have to wake you up. She right. shouldn't have to remind you to get a job. She wouldn't shouldn't have to pressure you to get a job. Right. She's she like shouldn't have to be up working. Meetings for him to try. Yeah. Right. And she's working. Kids shouldn't have to work. No. I mean, nobody should have to work. But baby steps. One Kids day. in particular shouldn't have to work. I feel like anyone under twenty one shouldn't have to work. I can get into that. You should, your only job should be learning and doing self-improvement. Yeah. And therapy. That's a great idea. Yeah. So much therapy. Yeah. Her dad is really trouble. And like, though he is there for her and she feels like she can talk to him, which I appreciated. And like, she even reassures him at one point of like, you're not doing a bad job. Like she wouldn't have done any better than what you're doing. Like you are being a parent, which very sweet, but also you shouldn't have to reassure your parents. Right. You, that's not your job. You like, you can like, that's a very nice thing to do. Yeah. Every once in a while, if you're a child and you have a parent, tell them they're doing a good job every once in a while (laughs) or that you appreciate all the work that they do. They don't hear it enough. Um, if they are doing the I was going to say, if they're actually doing a good job. Yeah, because, you are allowed uh, to tell them they're doing a shitty job, too, if they're doing a shitty job. Give feedback to your I parents. I don't think I ever told my parents they were doing a good job, but that's because they weren't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but don't rely on children for your validation. Yeah. They're children. You're an adult. It's not good. I find it really creepy that he just talks to Ducky and is like, okay with Ducky saying he wants to marry his daughter. Yeah. Feels like that would have been the situation to set this character straight. It feels like as gross as it is, like if he'd heard it from a man, like he might have actually been able to understand the whole like, and and that would have been the time to have the consent conversation. Like I get that you have feelings for my daughter doesn't seem like they're reciprocated and it seems like you're kind of just pestering her at this point maybe fucking chill like obviously if she was interested in you she would have signaled that a long time ago yeah fuck off my guy 
Yeah, really, really. Please just fuck off. Ducky, get a life. There's a scene near the beginning where Steph, the douchey rich guy, hits on Andy. Yeah. And he does this thing that happens to me all the time. And I want to know if men actually thinks that this works or that we don't see through the bullshit where you go from hitting on a girl or hitting on a person to immediately insulting them when they say no. Yeah. Like. I I think it's just a way to recover their ego. It's a way to turn. It's like it's like saying you can't fire me. I quit. Right. Yeah. It's like you can't reject me. I'm rejecting you. No. I double double dog reject your rejection. Yeah. Because you can't just sit with the ego blow and be like, huh, I wonder why it is. You have to be like, no, you're a bitch. I'm great. There's nothing wrong with me. You're a bitch. You're fat. You're ugly. I never wanted to go out with you anyway. Even Am though I just I like have... reading your at mentions right now? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say like. The amount of, like, times that a guy has gone from, like, begging me to let them fuck me to you're a fat bitch anyway right. is ludicrous. Just in in one second. Because I said no. Because right. hitting on me by, like, being ex- explicitly sexual doesn't work. When does that work? When has that ever, ever worked? worked? Sliding up to a, uh, to a person and being like, hey, let's fuck. No. That has has never worked. Never is going to work. I mean, I don't I can't say it's never going to work. It's never going to work in my experience with women and and or AFAB people. Like it's never going to work on us. Um, I don't doubt that it can work among gay men. I bet that it. Certain, I mean, the existence of Grinder would uh, yeah. point to the fact that that is, in fact, a viable approach if you are having sex with other men. Again. But it, it's so funny how much of, like, masculine, especially, like, hyper-masculine, I don't even, I, I hesitate to even call it, like, dating culture, but, like, whatever, sexual politics is... So incredibly gay. It's so gay. In a way that straight men just like do not understand. Like straight men are doing everything for other men. Right. They just don't know it. They just don't realize. And like as a lesbian, I am also doing everything for women. (laughs) Like I don't give a shit. But I'm aware of that fact. Right. I do it on purpose. Right. Right. <laughs> Were you the one who sent me the TikTok about how gay lifting is? Yeah, it's super gay. It's so gay. So is wrestling. So gay. And I will give you football is also very gay. It's pretty gay. Anything where you wear spandex. Pretty gay. Pretty gay. The tighter the clothes, the gayer it is. <laughs> oh, rugby, Although... Rugby's super gay. I feel like it's for masculine people, the tighter the clothes, the gayer it is. And with yeah. femme people, it is the looser the clothes, yeah, exactly. the gayer it is. Yeah. I don't know where that happened, but that's kind of what I feel like since we were talking about Ducky's fashion sense and the 15 <laughs> layers of clothing. I did appreciate that we got a little bit more class variants in this movie than we did with 16 yeah. Candles. Yeah. 
it's not much. Yeah. And like her being poor is used as uh, she's from the wrong side of the tracks, which is bullshit gross. and yeah. gross. Um, but at least it wasn't all rich people. Especially, it feels especially bad in the context of like knowing this is a Chicago suburb. Yeah. And yeah. knowing how clearly the race and class lines are indistinguishable in Chicago. Sorry. So because we moved back to the Midwest and so many more people are like from Chicago. Right. So I've been having to like try and be like, oh, I know Chicago without being like, I'm from Evanston. <laughs> and like be like, no, no, I've done like, I don't. I promise, I promise I'm, I'm not. not I'm not. I'm not. But yeah, uh, never tell people you're from Evanston. That that no. dies with you. No, because I mean, it's not like you. Grew I didn't grow up, up there. there I like. I spent. I spent equal times in Evanston and the city. I I, I just go with my cousin lives in Pilsen. <laughs> yeah, that's the way. Yeah, I have family there. Uh, I don't know what neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> They're all over the suburbs now. But yeah, this movie is so white. Lily white. It is like there is not even a question of a person of color in this movie. Yeah. And it is terrifying. I felt very unsettled watching this movie. Yeah. And I couldn't put my foot on it until the end when I was like, oh, it's because they were all white people. It's because it's all white people. And this was supposed to be Chicago. I mean, it's supposed to be Evanston, which is which is why it's so white. Yeah. But like. Talk about your lack of representation. Yeah. Like, like again, we had less faggots in this one, which was nice. Oh, yeah, that's lovely. It was only once or twice instead of like four or five instead times. Of constantly. Yeah, but like to not even exist in people's worlds. Yeah. Is devastating. Yeah. And these movies were huge. Yeah. And they're still considered classics. Yeah. And unfortunately, yeah, they are so white, so white and so straight, so straight. It's like, I don't know it. Like, I understand that we are from the generation where that change happened. Yeah. I think like you and I grew up. And the culture grew up around us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it happened in a way that I think for me, I can't speak for other millennials, but it almost felt like it was hard, easy to not notice. Yeah. Like, especially given, you know. The circumstances, having, like, moved to the West Coast Absolutely. for a long time. Um, it was, like, kind of easy to forget that just, you know, 40 years ago, like, we literally didn't even exist. Yeah. And, like, it wouldn't be until the, like, late 90s or early 2000s that we would even, like, be... A going concern, like a thing that could exist. Yeah. Like that was only 20 years ago. Yeah. Marriage equality was only, what, 
six six years seven years ago six years ago yeah i especially living on the west coast for so long and moving back to the midwest i forgot how many people we dragged into this entry kicking and screaming yeah yeah and i can't help but feel like this is an american problem yeah i mean i i have not heard super great things from queer americans traveling abroad either right um but that's also the anti-american thing right to be fair which is not unearned no not at all especially since rich americans are the only ones that get to travel exactly precisely like i think if if poor people from other countries met poor americans There'd be a grand old time. We'd have ourselves a cookout. There'd be, you know, whatever kind of beverage you're into. Right. It'd be a great, we'd play some cornhole. It'd be a grand <laughs> time. But um, it just like, you know, the people who can travel from this country are like rich. And so. So comes all their entitlement. Enti- right. Entitled and annoying and whatever. Don't know how to talk to service industry people right on behalf of everyone who actually knows how to treat humans decently i apologize for my country <laughs> Yeah, right. some of us care i'm also not huge on like her poorness is very like still feels very middle class like yeah. she she can't afford a 600 dollar dress right like who can afford a $600 dress? Right. <laughs> like that. I like it, it seems like. Yeah. I've been dress shopping for my wedding. Oh boy. And uh, I want to barf all the time. I, can I just want to throw up forever until I die. Yeah. I, I have complicated feelings about the wedding industry. It's yeah. really stupid. How much of a markup. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, I probably will just end up buying, like, because I kind of know what I want, I will probably just buy, like, a cute party dress, and then I can keep wearing it. (laughs) She has a wedding dress collection. (laughs) But that's exactly the thing, right? It's like, you can look at, like, a really cute, like, T-length dress which is what I'm looking for. And you know, if it's just like a regular navy blue dress, it's $200. And then if it's a wedding dress and it's white, it's $500. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like the exact same dress. That's why you got to book all of your things under an anniversary party. Yeah. And not a wedding cuz we peop- are trying to spend As little money as is possible on this wedding. That makes sense. (laughs) We, because, I mean, we don't fucking have it. No. Right. (laughs) That makes sense. This movie's a little bit of like a class Romeo and Juliet situation. It was trying to be. It was trying to be, right. It, It wishes that it was. But it's, you know, because like she's from like the wrong side of the tracks because she's poor she lives in a single income home she's also an artsy kid versus like right a versus business casual kid yeah he's a prep do you remember when preps were a thing yeah i forgot the blazers were a thing yeah in the 80s 
Yeah, I mean, it's funny that, like, the prep aesthetic now is just, like, the Nazi aesthetic. Yeah, right? it is. It's, like, all of the, the you know, khakis and polos, like, those are all those are all Nazis now. Yeah, they are. Because I, I have down in my notes that this has happened to me also where if you date someone who is of a different, like, financial background than you – it is harder to have stuff in common because you've right. lived materially different experiences, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, the romance in this mo- the romance in this movie is so blah. It's really blah. It's so blah that like I didn't even catch it was trying to be like a Romeo and Juliet thing until like near the end yeah and like the stakes were so low so yeah that like i didn't care and i really like missed a lot of her like how she was from the like i took me a long took me way too long to realize that like she was supposed to be from the wrong side of the tracks yeah and that she was like not a good choice i thought for a long time it was because she was an artsy kid and not because she was poor yeah um i also didn't necessarily read her as poor as i think they were trying to get her to yeah, be yeah it's like the the difference between like real human poor and evanston poor right is like huge and i think the storytelling really did a disservice to the messages that they were trying to get across because yeah there was no stakes and because there was no like there was no reason to care yeah about any of these characters yeah this movie felt kind of like unflavored oatmeal yeah like, it did it it goes down or like plain yogurt like it goes down easy but then you don't even realize it happened you yeah know? there's like nothing substantial there's like there. nothing about it at all <laughs> the just... best thing is the fashion yeah yeah really i like the yeah i love all the like 80s outfits and stuff this could be a hot take i don't know if it is and i don't know if i'm the crazy one for saying this but i hated her prom dress oh the one that she made yeah i thought it was terrible oh yeah with the like collar and the lace down the front i thought it was blocky and awful and she could have done so much better you're right that it was not like an especially creative effort. And like we've seen that she's pretty creative with fashion. Yeah. I mean, I think for the 80s, it was probably very cute. I, I like the collar was bad, but I like the idea of the like lace sort of halter top. I think I would have liked it if the- it wasn't pink. Yeah, the pink is the pinks a were a lot. And I think they were the like for me, they were the wrong shade. They were very eighties pink and right, I think right. they it's very like neon. Yeah, like, and I just Arcade I, pink. Yeah, it, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. It is arcade pink. I just I couldn't I couldn't get into it. Especially with her red hair. I feel like the bright pink is too much. Yeah, definitely. But you know, again, do what makes you happy. I I will sit here and judge quietly and keep my thoughts to myself. <laughs> Speaking of the uh, class thing, her love interest, what's his name? Blaine. Blaine. 
Yeah, everybody in this movie has like an androgynous name. I know so many NBs with all of these names. Andy, Steph, Blaine. Ducky. Ducky, like everybody has an androgynous name. Anyway. I would love to see a remake remake with all trans people. Oh my God, that'd be amazing. Right? I mean, honestly. The fashion, the names, you don't have to change yeah, anything. you literally don't have to change anything. Just get a queer cast. Maybe uh, up the stakes Blaine, a little bit. Blaine at one point says, corporate families replaced royal families. And I was like, oh, buddy, boy, if only you knew how true that statement truly is. Like, it's tr- like it's especially so in this true. country, it's so true. Like, rich people are the landed gentry. Like, they control the, our housing. They control all the political decisions like they're the only ones who are actually free to avail themselves of all the services available in this country like we are an indentured class we are we're a surf class yep if you want to get real mad about landlords you should watch john oliver from last weekend. oh man i saw a tiktok where somebody was like i think it's like we are like two years away from John Oliver, like putting on a ski mask and lighting up a Molotov cocktail. I would like, love to that see guy that. Guy is on his last fucking thread. You could every time a new episode comes out, it's like, yeah, uh, yeah, we're all fucking pissed, my guy. Everybody's fucking pissed. Let's get pissed. This whole concept of dating someone who doesn't want to be seen with you in public. Ugh, yeah. Has that ever happened to you? No. <laughs> oh, you're about to tell an embarrassing story. I can feel it. So when I was in high school, there was a guy who was on stage crew with me and who did a lot of like uh, front of house stuff with me during the um, performances. Uh huh. And we flirted. He had a girlfriend. But, you know, like, I flirt, like, I was queer, so, like, I, you know, I did the classic gay man thing, and, like, I can flirt with anyone, and it doesn't matter, because yeah, I, I don't mean it. Yeah, in high school, too, and it was gross. Oh, it was so gross. Don't do that. But we ended up getting really close, and he decided to ask me out. Uh-huh. And I said no, because he had a girlfriend, and he wasn't willing to break up with said girlfriend to go right. out with me. But he lied to me, told me he broke up with her. <gasps> um, you were the secret second girlfriend. No, I, I caught myself before that happened. Oh, okay, good. Because I figured something up was up when he ignored me in the hallway the next day. Uh huh. And when he avoided me at all costs for the rest what of the, the day, fuck? but was texting me throughout the entire day and was like, Still flirting with me and being like, we should go meet up in a classroom during study hall. Uh, I was like, and you know, like I secret second girlfriend. Yeah, and I was desperate enough for validation that I almost <laughs> caved, and I'm very glad I didn't. But I've also been in a couple of queer relationships where I was the only one out of the closet. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with being in the closet. I get it. It's scary. And especially right now, it is scary to come out. I don't have time for that energy. Yeah. 
I, I'm not going back in the closet no. because you refuse to get out. No. Mm. One of my first girlfriends was still in the closet. And when I broke up with her for completely unrelated reasons, yeah, she took it way too far and took it way too personally because mm. it was her first queer relationship. Right. And we couldn't even like, she didn't want to go out at all like we couldn't go do anything we couldn't go have dinner together we couldn't go see a movie together because what if someone found out cool and that seems like a fun way to be in a relationship right and as someone who had i had been out for a couple of years but i had like really like I was in college, so I was, like, finally able to, like, be myself and, like, not have to, like, censor myself at home because I wasn't living at home anymore. Right. And to be told that who I am was not acceptable to be in public. Yeah. That's awful. Is terrible. And especially when it's from someone who supposedly likes you. Yeah. That's bad. That feels bad. So, long story short... If you don't want to be seen in public with someone you're dating, don't date that person. It's just going to cause bad things. Yeah. Also, like, on the other side, if you're embarrassed to be seen with someone because you think people are going to talk about it because of, let's say, an inappropriate age gap. Maybe interrogate that. that. And don't just ignore that feeling. Yeah. That is also something I've done. Or I think as, as fat people... We have probably had our fair share of people who claim to be attracted to us and then will not publicly acknowledge that information in any way because they're ashamed to be attracted to fat people. Yeah, I've dated that person as well. (laughs) It sucks. Me and my ex used to get into arguments all the time why she wouldn't hold my hand in public. (gasps) That's terrible. And it wasn't because we were gay. Yeah. I've made a lot of bad decisions in my dating life. <laughs> I see that. Why do you think I don't want to date now? <laughs> Let's do a lightning round. Young James Spader in this movie is so hot. And like, I find old James Spader very attractive. I don't know why this is a thing about me um but young james spader whew, and i mean yeah anyway oh i 100 percent agree okay cool you were giving me like dead eyes i was like no am i a psychopath <laughs> no james spader can get it yeah and all of these oversized blazers i yeah oof. usually i don't like the look but he pulls he it makes off. it work the big feathered hair, I think, is part oh, of it. The big feathered hair. Again, lesbian fashion icon. Exactly. Lesbian fashion icon. Um, I one of my first notes was the fashion in this movie is so much more eighties than Sixteen Candles was. Yeah. I feel like this movie like was like eighties. Yeah. I have a quote written down. Bondage has no place in my life. <laughs> and I wrote, can't relate. Cannot relate. (laughs) (laughs) But then she goes on to say, since I spent the night tied up in the backseat of your car. Yikes. That's like, first of all, that's not bondage. That's assault. That is assault. (laughs) 
And second, like, why are you still with that dude? I would not only break up with that guy. I would let the air out of his tires. I would I leave lot. flaming poop on his on his doorstep. Go carry underwood on his ass. I, yeah, I would fucking smash. <laughs> took, I would take a Louisville slugger to both headlights. <laughs> slash a hole in all four tires. <laughs> Maybe next time he'll think before he leaves me tied up in the back of the car for hours. Again, why do we write these things as throwaway funny lines? Why is assault funny? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's troubling to me that that is like what constitutes a joke in 1986. That sucks. Do better. Yeah. Do better. I know we said this earlier, and I feel like this movie needs it screamed at it 500 times. No means no. No means no. No means no. If someone tells you no, stop asking. And and no, a no now, assume that a no means no in perpetuity. Right. If if someone tells you no and later their answer changes to yes. They will tell you. They will inform you. You don't need to keep asking. Because at that point, you're being coercive. You're being a stalker. You're creepy. You did bad. No means no. Is this... I don't... I was not a girl in the age of phone calls. But there's a scene in this movie, and it happens a lot in movies of this kind, where um, Andy, Molly Ringwald, is like waiting by the phone for Blaine or whoever to call her. Is that... A thing? I've never waited for like I don't I don't understand. So I'm a little young for phone calls. That's true, you are a little young for phone calls. But I definitely remember having my phone out waiting for a guy to text me. That I've done. And I feel like that's our generation's version of phone calls. I guess. Is the like you're flipping your phone no. over every five seconds? Yeah. To see if they've texted you, even though you know that your phone is making noise and it will make a noise when the text comes in. Don't call me out. (laughs) Don't call me out like that. Yeah, uh, I definitely, I think it's just been a generational shift away from phone calls. Yeah. And I am so grateful for that. Oh, so grateful. So grateful. Uh, I hate talking on the phone. It's the worst. Uh, I don't I have complicated feelings about FaceTime and that but yeah I feel like FaceTime has just replaced the phone call with something more intrusive yeah like the nice thing about texting is I can do it wherever I no matter the the state that I'm in and you won't know right right like I could be in the bath I could be laying in bed I could be doing a million and one things. I could be at work. And you would never know unless I told you. Right. But if you call me or you FaceTime me, now you have a window into my world that I am not prepared for. Yeah. That's fair. That's true. I I just, yeah. I've definitely waited for texts, but I never really waited for phone calls. Yeah. But, again, I'm only 27. There's a gym scene 
in this movie. And the girls are playing volleyball. Great. Fine. Love volleyball. Gay sport. Very gay. Um, first of all, I want to say they're wearing these, like, rompers. Yeah, they are. This, like, one-piece, like, shorts. Yeah, it's a romper. Um, and I was like, man, I wish we'd gotten to wear rompers. Oh my god, I would have killed for in a my romper. gym class. That would those are those are great, especially because one girl like has the classic like mechanic where she's like taking the top of the romper yeah. off and tied it, and she's just wearing like a white tank top underneath. Oh, and I was I like, love that look. That's the look. Poof, man. There's nothing like a femme in a coverall and a white tank top. Oh like, boy, be still my heart. Whoa. Oh. But also in the volleyball, I I specifically wanted to ask you about this because I have played a non-zero amount of volleyball. I was never Mm -hmm. on a team or anything. I actually was when I was very young and they weren't divided by gender gender yet. Um, I, I know there to be three valid strikes in volleyball. Right, that mm-hmm. is the bump with the forearms, yep. the set with the fingertips, yep. and the spike with the mm-hmm. usually the palm or the heel of the hand. Yep. These girls are putting their hands together. Oh, they don't know how to play volleyball at all. Punching the ball <laughs> into it- the air with their like Kirk chop fist, and that it feels unreliable. It, it feels like it should be a set. It drove me <laughs> crazy. Okay, I was like, were the rules for volleyball different in the eighties? Not I that I'm aware. <laughs> As an ex volleyball player, like they like combined a bump and a set into one it, move, and just yeah, was, like they were like, just a punch. To, to be fair, when it came to gym class volleyball, a lot of people played that way and didn't really know how to. You could get taught how to, but like when it comes to time, like learning form and like in 20 minutes and like yeah. practicing it, you're just going to be like panic and try to get the ball over. Yeah. But it, it drove me insane. Yeah, that's that scene not a just, real thing. That scene. And it just doesn't feel like it would be reliable. No. Like because your your knuckles are not like a flat surface. No, you have no control where so it's, it's going. So it's going to like roll around yeah. off your knuckles where like your forearms or your fingertips, you can control where it's going and yeah. it's crazy yeah use physics for your advantage <laughs> don't fight physics that that made me kind of crazy i was so proud of andy there's this scene where she gets like there's this scene where she gets like pulled into the principal's office um and i forget the context but i just wrote that um She's really giving the principal the anthropology of girlhood treatment. Yeah, she tell, is. Telling him how you shouldn't treat, you should like let children have freedom and not treat them like little factory workers and like actually recognize their individuality. And I was like, damn, she's doing the podcast for us. Oh, uh, so proud of you, Andy. <laughs> also, always talk yourself out of detention. It's, <laughs> it's a great move. It's a great move. Why? do men have to go and ruin perfectly good friendships because they need to get their dick wet? I don't know. Is is your horniness really more important to you than your relationships? Because, like, 
Because that's sad. Andy and Ducky seem to have a really amazing relationship. Yeah. And he goes and ruins it because he won't get over the fact that she's dating someone else. Yeah. It's really toxic. It's so toxic. And so many fucking men do this. And it's so gross. And like, you do realize uh, relationships don't have to be sexual, right? Right. Like, you can have platonic relationships and they're just as valid. Yeah. And like, if you really care about this person, you know, care about them and not care about your own feelings. Right. Then you should want to be their friend to like help them live a better life, you know, be around them more like their happiness should be important. To right. You. If they're really your friend, then their happiness is your happiness. And if their happiness is not your happiness, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Why do you hang out with? This I just person? think so many men view their relationships with women as transactional. Oh, they absolutely. Do. Right. Which is why when a man hits on you and you reject him, Suddenly you're not a human and you're not a person anymore. Yeah. Because you've removed the transactional Nate, right? You've right. you've denied the transaction and so suddenly you have nothing to offer at all. Right. Right? Because you're not offering sex. Right. Which is fucking awful. It's disgusting. And it like limits how much connection you have in the world and it's so sad. Yeah, it's really sad. Speaking of Ducky though. There's a scene towards the end where they put on an Otis Redding song. Yeah. And he like does, he does a full on drag routine. He does. And it's amazing. He's lip syncing. He's high kicking. He's like, he's doing it all. And I was like, he should have been a drag king. Put on a wig and, you know, like plaster on your eyebrows and like you got an act here buddy this is great like i said make a queer remake of this it'd be amazing yeah that should it should fully just be a a full-on drag performance because i could not stop seeing it as a drag performance especially because ducky reads is gay to me oh yeah some there's the quote that i wrote down is if you put out signals that you don't belong people are gonna make sure that you don't yeah which I haven't been able to stop thinking about because I can't decide. I'm of two minds about this, right? Of like, as a person who gives off don't fuck with me energy and then gets mad when no one wants, with to, you. wants to fuck with me, I get it. I can relate. I can see that part of it. But on the other hand... People should be allowed to be as weird and have whatever kind of energy they want to have without it having to reflect on their, like, quality as oh, a human or, like... Absolutely. Yeah. I think this is my current theory, and it might be flawed, and it might be biased because I am having a tough time making friends. But I feel... Like, there is this trend, especially with neurotypical people, that if you have to put work into it, it's not valid. That friendship should be easy and that it should, like, because there's this whole narrative that, like, 
dating and like the with the right person it should feel effortless huh because like that's what i grew up knowing like thinking that like none of my relationships were right because they took effort and they took work Interesting. and so i think when you are someone who takes effort who needs people to put in more work than they're expecting right people get scared off and they don't they don't want to put in the effort and as isolating as that is for us and as awful as it can feel do you really want to have someone who's not willing to put in the effort to understand you right is it yeah is it really a valuable relationship if the other person isn't actually meeting you halfway? Right. Right. I want to talk about the the woman who owns the record store. Yeah. I... Who I have down is like, this is kind of creepy that your best friend is a high school student. See, I read... Big sister energy. Okay. I read it as... As like, I know you don't have a mom in the picture. I don't have your mom in the picture. Your dad's really not reliable. I... Here's... And especially like... Because like Andy doesn't really like... Because like Andy goes to her for like prom advice and boy advice. And it's not so much like... Yeah, you're right. Let's hang out all the time. But they hang out in her apartment. They do. That was weird. That's weird. That's weird. It's not great. No, it's not. It's not fantastic. It's not super. I also thought that she was also another high school student for the first 20 minutes. The thing that... Yeah, I did too. I assumed she was like a high school student at first too. Um, at one point, she says she explicitly calls out that she's 15 years older. What than, is that? Than Molly Ringwald's character, who's supposed to be like 16. 16. So that means she's in her 30s. Yikes. And she's hanging out like she's, you know, 31 or 32 or whatever. And she's hanging out with a high school student. No, that means that's you. me right now hanging out with a sixteen-year-old girl, and I would I would be asking you some serious questions. Yeah, if I knew you fucking were doing... gross. And then there's also in that same scene, she like puts on some music and she like she's like dance with me, and then like makes Andy dance with her. Yeah, it's very uncomfortable. It is very uncomfortable. It's like she could be your daughter. Yeah. Like, this is bad. Yeah. I get a lot of cool mom energy off of her. Yeah. Which, but like. And again, like, we talk about this a lot of, like, adults. Cool mom is Having good. inappropriate boundaries with children. There's And it just children. teaching children inappropriate boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. Model your behavior that you're, you want to see out of your kids. Right. There's this scene where the James Spader character, Def, pulls Blaine aside and is basically like, you can't date this poor girl because she's poor. And if you keep dating her, you can't be my like our friend. I wanted to slap him so bad. 
it's just so funny to me that like privilege and class outweigh everything else right right yeah it's like it doesn't matter that you're happy it doesn't matter that we've been friends for a long time it doesn't matter that you're in love or whatever it matters that she's it rich. matters that yeah rich people only associate with other rich people yeah that's gross it's bad it's real bad it's real bad Rich people confuse me. Speaking of um, the uh, record store owner character in that same scene where we're in her apartment, she says she met a guy and she's listing his care, his traits like these are the three things that make him really dateable. And I forgot what the other two things were, but she ends with. He's even heterosexual. Or she doesn't say even, but she says, and he's heterosexual. Yeah, I think it was like he was employed something. Yeah, right. And he's, he's employed. He, he has, has a car. car and he's, and he's, he's heterosexual. heterosexual. Which, like, wow. The homophobia there is trouble. Yeah. Um, that's cool. Let's just, like, shit in the mouths of bi men everywhere like right anyway and then also i have in my notes like you say that like it's a selling point and not, not like it's a bug because <laughs> he's even honey that ain't a feature <laughs> no no if anything that's a tick against him yeah right that goes in the con column oh don't date straight men they're with the worst. Hey, maybe if we don't date them, they'll die out. You know, like species that can't compete. One could only hope. <laughs> like straight women, you are sleeping on bi men. They right. are incredible. Yeah. Bi men are where it's at. I The last big thing I have is about this like men wanting to fight for the attention of women thing. I don't get it. Do men think this works? Do men think this is for someone? This is another one of those situations like we talked about earlier where this is not for women. No. This is for other men. Yeah. And it's very much just a display for other men, like two other men. Yeah. You know? I I don't know. It's just troubling to me that that is just like a cultural trope of like we will punch each other and the one of us that is standing after the most punches happen will get to have sex with this object will win this trophy you know what i mean because like you're not they don't nobody asked me before you started punching each other who i wanted to date Acts you just of, started punching each other. Acts of violence are not attractive. No. And if they are. But they are to other men because you, men fantasize about violence all the time because they're not okay. I was going to say, if you are attracted by acts of violence, that's something to talk to your therapist about. But yeah, I don't get this fighting for women thing. I don't, I don't personally find violence attractive. No, I find it quite the opposite i find yeah if you can't control yourself and just go punching people i don't like you i don't yeah. want to be associated with you 
This movie tries really hard to redeem Ducky at the end. Yeah, it does. Because it's like he, in the end, like after she and Blaine fight, he encourages her to like go make up with him. But it doesn't make up for all the fucking no. creep shit, all the stalking, all the like. No, you still threw away your relationship with her because you wanted to fuck her and you were mad that someone else was dating her. Yeah. And you got possessive of her like she is an object that you own. Yeah. And that she owes you dating because you've been friends with her for so long. Right. Because you put enough nice coins in the machine that you're mad that the machine hasn't plopped out a sex cookie for you. I want a sex cookie. Yeah, I was really mad at how they tried to redeem Ducky, but they always try to redeem Ducky types, and like they always get excused and if forgiven, and, and it ends aren't, up being okay. Or, and yeah, yeah. they are never held accountable for their actions. It's bad. It's bad.